This is episode number 50 of Unfolding Words, how God uses simple acts of kindness to transform lives. My name is Andresia Moorings, and this is a podcast aimed at sharing biblical truth to offer life for your walk and life for your soul. This is episode number 50, y'all. I cannot believe it. I have been at it for almost a year, and I started the podcast basically because I wanted to hear someone like me, an African-American woman, just talking about the scriptures, and I could not find a podcast that updated regularly that did that. So the Lord laid on my heart, why don't you do that? So I filled a gap for myself by starting this podcast. So thank you to all those who join in week after week to hear me talk about scriptures and unfold the words. I really do appreciate you all. Today, I read a story about an 88-year-old woman from British Columbia who waves at kids who are on their way to school who walk past her house every day. The story was so heartwarming, and it actually tied in with a thought that had been in my heart for the past few weeks about the simple power of kindness. So this woman has been waving from her window, her front window, for 12 years to kids on their way to school. She started this when her and her husband moved into the house in 2007. They live near Highland Secondary School. Her name is Tinny Davidson. And when her husband passed away, she kept it up. She just kept waving at the kids. She said, if anyone looks in, I'm going to start waving. And sure enough, kids would look in and she would wave and they would wave back. So this has been going on for years, but Now she's moving in to an assistant living residence and she'll be moving out of her home. So what the kids did was they gathered together, gathered in front of her house on her front lawn to say goodbye to her for showing them kindness every day with the simple act of waving. They gave her flowers and notes and let her know how much her kindness meant to them. And I just thought that was everything Because sometimes we think we don't have anything to offer, but God is letting us know that something as simple as a wave to a child who's on their way to school can change things. And her kindness made a way for kindness to be returned to her. This is much how the kindness of God works in our own lives. Today, I want to focus on the book of Ruth because it's an excellent example of the kindness of God and how kindness can be such a powerful force, not only in the life of the person who's sharing it, but to those around them as well. Many people, when they think about the book of Ruth, they mainly think about how Ruth got her Boaz. But there's so many other layers to this story that that simple fact is really not even the main focus of the story and one that we should even be focusing on because there's so many great truths in this book. But today I want to focus on kindness and kindness is a big deal to God. And as a result, it should be a big deal to us as well. Hebrews 13 and 16 says, do not neglect to do good and to share what you have for such sacrifices are pleasing to God. Kindness is that one attribute that transcends language barriers, race, age, religious beliefs. Kindness can be done by everyone and to everyone, regardless of where we are in life. It's something that 
anyone and everyone can do, regardless of your economic status or where you are in life. And to witness kindness in action is such a beautiful thing because true kindness really seeks nothing in return. It's just poured out. Now, in the book of Ruth, the first verse tells us that the events in the book took place in the days when the judges ruled in Israel. And if you've read the book of Judges, which is right before the book of Ruth, you know that the times were horribly unkind and it was really a dark time in Israel's history. It was a time when there was no king to guide Israel. So everyone basically did what was good in his own eyes. And kindness was not a mark of this time. So the book of Ruth opens with a family being dealt a hard blow. Naomi has lost her husbands and her sons, leaving her and her daughters-in-laws as widows. And verse 8 says, But Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go, return each of you to her mother's house. May the Lord deal kindly with you as you have dealt with the dead and with me. So we see that Naomi's prayer is that the Lord will deal kindly with them. This gives us insight into Ruth's character right away. Her prayer is that the Lord will deal with her as she has dealt with her husband, also with her mother-in-law. So kindness is already a hallmark of Ruth's life. Now, this word kindness comes from the Hebrew word hesed, and it's a difficult word to translate. There's not one word in the English that captures the complete meaning of this word. But translators have used words like kindness, loving kindness, mercy, and loyalty. But Loyal love is perhaps the closest that we can use to embody what this word means. Hesed is a very powerful word in the Old Testament. It reflects the loyal love that people committed to the God of the Bible should have for one another. Hesed is not a mood. It's not something that you just say. Hesed is not something that's felt for other people. Instead, it's something that people do for other people who have no claim on them. So hesed is just kindness poured out for kindness sake. The first time that this word is used is in Genesis 19 and 19. It's the story of Lot being rescued from Sodom and Gomorrah. And Lot says to the angels who rescued him, Behold, your servant has found favor in your sight, and you have shown me great kindness in saving my life. Now, these angels had no benefit from saving Lot. It was simply the kindness of God that rescued Lot out of destruction. So that's the essence behind this word hesed, behind kindness. So in Ruth 1 and 13, it says, The hand of of the Lord has gone out. So after experiencing famine, the death of her husband, and the death of both of her sons, Naomi is convinced that God is against her. She argues to her daughters-in-law, Orpah and Ruth, that they'll have a better chance at life if they go back to their homes. They're still young enough to find husbands and live out their lives. She says, would you therefore wait till they were grown? Would you therefore refrain from marrying? No, my daughters, for it is exceedingly bitter for me for your sake that the hand of the Lord has gone out against me. So chapter one of Ruth ends with the question, is God kind given all that these women have been through? They've suffered death. They're abandoned. Now they're facing famine. Can God really be kind given the circumstances? But we see God's kindness in Naomi getting word that there is food in Bethlehem which means the house of bread during this time of famine. So that's where they set off to. 
Verse 6 of chapter 1 says, Then she arose with her daughters-in-law to return from the country of Moab, for she had heard in the field of Moab that the Lord had visited his people and given them food. The Lord visited. So this means that God is viewed as the one who provides for his people. The Hebrew verb describing the word visited is the term pakwad. It has a wide range of meanings, including to visit, supervise, inspect, appoint, enroll, remember, pay attention to, and care for. But we see here that God is paying attention to and caring for these women in their time of need. So Orpah goes back home. Ruth decides to stay with Naomi and return to Bethlehem. So in chapter two, it's the beginning of the barley harvest. And in God's law, there's a provision for the Jews for them to provide for the poor and needy in the land. And it commanded landowners to not reap the very corners of their field, but to leave them for the needy. And so this is what happens when Ruth comes into town. So Ruth becomes aware of this law and she asks Naomi permission to go to the fields and glean a little grain for them to eat. Now, this was a dangerous task. As I mentioned, they lived during the times of the judges, and it was not safe for women to be out in these fields working because anything could have happened to them, especially with Ruth being a foreigner. She could have run the risk of being abused, taken advantage of, or even killed. But it was their only way of survival. So Naomi agrees that this is what Ruth must do. So Ruth goes out and she winds up in the field of a man named Boaz. And this man Boaz was somehow related to Naomi's husband who had passed away. He was a wealthy man, full of faith and morals. And these poor widows needed to connect with someone of their family. And it just so happened that Ruth came to his field. And the Hebrew text reads like this. It says, her chance just chanced to hit upon the field belonging to Boaz. So it was a holy coincidence that she found herself in this field. So Boaz came to the field and kindly greeted his workers and says, may the Lord be with you. And they say, may the Lord bless you. And Boaz sees Ruth and asks, who is this? And they say, she's the young Moabite daughter-in-law of Naomi that came back with her from the land of Moab that you've heard about. So I want to read chapter 2, verses 8 through 16, and I want you to hear the kindness in this interaction between Boaz and Ruth. And it reads, Then Boaz said to Ruth, Listen carefully, my daughter. Do not go to glean in another field. Furthermore, do not go on from this, but stay here with my maids. Let your eyes be on the field which they reap, and go after them. Indeed, I have commanded the servants not to touch you. When you are thirsty, go to the water jars and drink from with the servants draw. Then she fell on her face, bowing to the ground and said to him, Why have I found favor in your sight that you should take notice of me since I am a foreigner? Boaz replied to her, All that you have done for your mother-in-law after the death of your husband has been fully reported to me and how you left your father and your mother and the land of your birth and came to a people that you did not previously know. May the Lord reward your work and your wages be full from the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to seek refuge. Then she said, I have found favor in your sight, my Lord, for you have comforted me and indeed have spoken kindly to your maidservant, though I am not like one of your maidservants. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, come here that you may eat of the bread and dip your piece of bread in the vinegar. So she sat beside the reapers and he served her roasted grain and she ate and was satisfied and had some left. 
And when she rose to glean, Boaz commanded her, his servant, saying, Let her glean even among the sheaves, and do not insult her. Also you shall purposely pull out for her some grain from the bundles, and leave it that she may glean, and do not rebuke her. And then she returned back to her mother-in-law, who was probably expecting her to return with maybe a cup of grain, but she came back with like five or six gallons of grain. Now, when Naomi talks about Boaz, she uses the word kindness to explain how he responded to Ruth. In Ruth 2 and 20, she says, And Naomi said to her daughter-in-law, May he be blessed by the Lord, whose kindness has not forsaken the living or the dead. And then Boaz uses this word kindness in response to Ruth in Ruth 3 and 10, where he says, May you be blessed by the Lord, my daughter. You have made this last kindness greater than the first in that you have not gone after young men, whether rich or poor. So Naomi explained to Ruth that Boaz was a kinsman redeemer who could step in and basically redeem them and continue their lineage, which he did. So we see so much kindness in this Bible, so much hesed. And this word is a characteristic of God. It's an essential part of his character. When God appears to Moses, he describes himself as abounding in hesed, kindness, and keeping hesed for thousands of generations. His kindness is associated with his covenant love for Israel. And in the Ten Commandments, God describes himself as showing loving kindness to those who love and obey him. And we see this time and time again in the scriptures that God is a God of kindness. Kindness is also a characteristic that God desires for us as his followers. It's something he desires even more than sacrifice. Zechariah instructed the people to show kindness to one another in Zechariah 7 and 9. And Micah explained that God requires justice, kindness, and humility in Micah 6 and 8. So over and over again, we see that kindness is what God requires and what he wants to lavish on us. So when Ruth married Boaz, it was an act of kindness to not just Ruth, but to Naomi as well. God is vindicated of Naomi's charge of being unkind because the women of the town came to Naomi and said, Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a redeemer and may his name be renowned in Israel. He shall be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is more to you than seven sons has given birth to him. So Ruth went on to bear a son who was named Obed, who was the father of Jesse, the father of King David. Now, there's a few things we should note about this subject of kindness. First, God's kindness doesn't often look like kindness at the outset. These women face horrible trials in the death and in the famine. But God's special kindness is to those who trust him and reflect his kindness to others. And we see such a happy ending in all of this. Because they showed kindness, God showed kindness to them. And now they've been made famous through the scriptures to every generation after them. And they were given a privileged place in the lineage of the Messiah. And kindness is just as important in the New Testament as well. Luke 6 says this, starting at verse 31, treat others the same way you want them to treat you. If you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. If you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. If you lend to those from whom you expect to receive, what credit is that to you? Even sinners lend to sinners in order to receive back the same amount. 
But love your enemies and do good and lend expecting nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High, for he himself is kind to ungrateful and evil men. So what marks us as believers is that we have an element of kindness that's active in our lives. We should have kindness, which is evident in our speech, in our conduct, in our home, with our children, with our spouses, in traffic, and even with that annoying co-worker. Are you paving a way for God to show you kindness through the kindness that you extend in every area of your life? God used Ruth, who was a Moabite woman, basically an outsider to the covenant, And he used her to bring forth the line of David and eventually Jesus when it looked like it was in danger of dying out. So it's through your kindness that God can do miraculous things. You never know what a small act of kindness, even something like waving to kids on the way to school. You never know what doorway that can open for blessings to come back to you. Proverbs 21 and 21 says, whoever pursues righteousness and kindness will find life, righteousness and honor. That's it for this episode of Unfolding Words. In a few weeks, I will be celebrating my one-year anniversary, and I have some fun things lined up, so I pray that you'll stay tuned. Spread the word about the podcast, subscribe and share if you haven't already, and I'll be back next week with more scriptures to unfold. Thank you for tuning in this week. May God's word be a lamp to your feet and a light to your path. God bless you.